from my pretties. Please do come inside, grab a beer, and have a seat, because things are about to get spooky. Hello and welcome to the Spook Inn. I am your host, Saf, and this is the show where I drink beer and talk about horror movies. Today on the show, I'm drinking Moontown Schwatzi and Spookin' with Predators with special guest, The Duke, back once again. Yeah, I think I'm going to be better this episode now that I know what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now that you got the feel for it, (laughs) we're going to have a good old time. And I like the Predators movies way better than I More than the Aliens? Interesting. See, I would have gone the other way. At the end of this season, I think I will rank Mm -hmm. all of the franchises that I cover. Right. So are what, you going to rank them based on like how you like the movie franchises, or are you going to rank them how you feel the episode went for that? Uh, how I like the fr- franchises. Okay. <laughs> no, I won't remember how the episodes went by the time I record them all. Right. I think that there's a little bit of like a fine line uh, for episodes that sh- things I like talking about versus things that are like enjoyable to talk yeah. about. And I think. Uh, I think there's a there's a fine line between episodes I definitely enjoyed doing versus episodes that I just I don't know went with the flow uh, yeah, in doing. You really had no stake in the game or whatever, so yeah. it's just like you're you're just along for the ride. Yeah, whereas like much. you're excited to talk about something. Yeah, for uh, sure. That's why I think I left my Friday the Thirteenth one to the last episode for the season because that's the one where I'm I like it the most. So right. I feel like save that to the end give myself something to look forward to yeah that or you know just kind of get these shows dialed in because you want that one (laughs) to be your best best one one. yeah for sure all right as i said we're talking about the schwatzi from moontown it is a 4.3 percent abv 24 ibus which is a24's tusk tusk is a movie that was produced by a24 films it's about a podcaster who like gets into a horror movie situation yep. very fitting for this <laughs> whenever i think of tusk i think of that song by fleetwood mac oh i haven't seen the movie the, the, actually the, yeah i don't know i haven't either but i'm saying like tusk is an actual song oh from fleetwood, from mac. fleetwood mac and their backing track or band is usc band and so mm. it's tusk oh interesting so whenever i hear tusk i think of that immediately i really like fleetwood mac i don't i'm not familiar with that song I think it's one of my favorite ones from them, honestly. I like Chains because Chains of Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. but I liked that before Guardians of the Galaxy. But this one's more drum-oriented. That's why yeah. I like it quite a bit. I think Revolver? No, that's a Beatles album. It's something like yeah. that. It's a really good album. But uh, pronounced Schwarze, yes, like the game Yahtzee, our Schwarzbier, German for black beer, is a delicious lager that is incredibly light and smooth with a nice roasted malt character. Uh, the reason it's on this episode is because the way it's written on the can, Schwartzy kind of looks like Schwarzenegger. Right. And then we've also got like a game of dice. It's a game of Yahtzee that it looks like the box for, of a Yahtzee game, right. essentially. But predators like to play games with humans, so multiple reasons. Are we mispronouncing Schwarzbier? Is it Schwarzbier? Yeah, like are we, <laughs> is that how it's supposed to be? Like it's based on... What this is like, uh, the SH Vot, so the Schwatz and then Z yeah. because they finish it with Z, but it's Schwatz, 
beer? <laughs> I think that's probably how the Germans say it, but we're Americans, so right. we, should just, we just read it how it's written. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But it is hearing the can just blown my mind. I'm yeah. like, are we not pronouncing this right? I'm sure it is Schwarzbier. Schwarzbier. That's interesting. I love it, but I'm not going to do it. I'm never going to remember to say it. If I do it, you pat me on the back. I think I've ordered a beer before at a brewery, said it the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, and uh, then they're just the, like, what? The, the Hefeweizen <laughs> versus the Hefeweizen. Yeah. Or, it, people just, they don't know. They don't care. Like, they get so many weird pronunciations. People come in and just say, give me a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> to these craft breweries so they're, they're, such a weird pronunciation <laughs> i just mean like they're they're not they don't care what you're serving up so they're just like i'll serve you whatever right pretty much you want to describe this boy yeah i will this game as you said or this game is like the game um so you have a red um it's a very unflattering red can uh, it's but like it's, a it's the yahtzee hue. color exactly yeah it's like a darker hue of red and it kind of looks like a gradient, but I think that's more of like the metallic feel mm, yeah. of it, where just like every angle looks a little bit darker as you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and then in the but it mid- does have like this slice here that's like a white, like shininess. Yeah. So it might get darker as it goes actually around. It, it might. I don't know. Um, in the middle of it, it's like angled. Like a box, like a, I guess a trapezoid, mm-hmm. if you will, with the dice in there and the cup. It's basically Yahtzee, if you will. Uh, it's a Schwarz beer for the whole family to enjoy. It's like a game for the entire family <laughs> yeah. to enjoy. Uh, the instructions on the side, that's fun. Like I like, I the, like that the, too. The aspect of the game. Pronounced Schwarzy as Schwarzy. Yes, Schwarzy rhymes with our favorite game, Yahtzee. So why is the... the Yacht and then like asterisks because they don't want to have like copyright. Yeah, I think the they probably can't say Yahtzee. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> it's copyrighted. Yeah, enjoy it with your friends and your family. I'll do both right now. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, look at that. Um, but yeah, I think like overall this can is um, eye catching. Yeah, that's um, why I bought it. I was like, I don't even really care about this style of beer, but I do like this can. I right, like that exactly. It, it's playing on a familiar, iconic game, and yeah. it also ha- you didn't mention, but Carrie Walker Arts is the oh. one that designed it. It's at the bottom corner of the label. She's done a few. I'm or, sure she or they, or they they I don't know. Uh, they've a done man. a few that we've seen. I think they probably work with Moontown, so all of those. And I do like how they have their like little Indiana logo yep. on the side with like the government warning and all that squeezed in there. Yeah. And it's all to the style of the can, which is awesome. Cause a lot of the times, yeah. especially last episode that I was on, when we did alien that Baltic had like a nice chic looking yeah. color, like metallic blacks and blues and purples. But then you rotate the can, you have your basic ass boring white, government label yeah. that's just it's an afterthought almost mm-hmm. where, where this one is this is part of the design yeah. of, the, of the can all the colors and everything fits very yeah. nice big fan that covers the can let's move on to the actual beer although <laughs> the important bit <laughs> the color it is a dark lager it yep uh, hopefully we can use <laughs> the predator's the hair predator's dreads it's i don't think it's that dark though because that's no that's in the blacks and this is yeah. more of like a Dark, dark brown. Yeah, there's definitely reddish too. Yeah, uh, different angles yields a little bit more orange. Yeah, if you will. your your glass is a little thinner than mine, so you'll yeah. probably get a better idea of the color than me. Yeah, mine's more of like a triangle. It's a p- regular ass pint, pint glass. Yeah, pint glass. So Where it goes. I got a mug, that, a thick mug, so it's hard to tell in my glass, except for like at the very bottom. Yeah. 
Only through the light. I can, it's it's definitely opaque, but I can see light through it. Yeah. I can't see my fingers, can't see my hand, right. but I can definitely see something through it. I definitely wanted Predator's hair, the dreads, but that's not going to work. Yeah, it's more in the 40s, I would say. I agree. As my everything is taking forever to load. I almost want to say like a Terminator's leather jacket. Mm. It's got like that brown reddish hue of a leather coat. And it's got the Schwarzenegger yeah. connection at least. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. That's good. That's a 45 on our scale. Or geek scale. Yeah, I was thinking Freddy's fedora yeah, too. Yeah, that's too. But yeah. I think, yeah. But I think that I like that connection better. Sticking with the Schwarzeneggers. Let's see if we get a smell from this dark German lager. Very malty on the nose. Oh, yeah. Like, and caramely, maybe? Mm-hmm. The can offers up a, oh, yeah, uh, a lot of... That. I put it out of my reach. Yeah. Even the, the little bit... Just ignore the metallic smell. Yeah. It definitely smells a little bit more sweeter in the can than I do. Yeah, the glass is a little more glass. rusty. I, I filled it up to the brim so I can't walk <laughs> yeah, it. We'll have to... I guess we're going to have to drink some. Oh, shame. <laughs> Shoot. But I'm assuming it's a Schwarz beer, like any other Schwarz yeah. beers. It's going to be on the lagery side, just a little bit maltier and full, a little bit more flavor. Full-bodied. Yeah, but it's still going to just be thin. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll just figure out if it is or not. It definitely has that um, Germanic, dunkley... Dunkel, that's the word. Yeah, like uh, that... I would say burnt caramel, but some kind of like... It's roasty. roasty caramely flavor... But the back end of it, it, it just thins out. Yeah, it really does. It's got a nice, strong upfront flavor. And then the back end is more just like almost watered down, even though there's so much flavor up front. It just kind of falls off in a strong way. But the upfront flavor might save it. Right. As uh, the more we drink it, it might coat our tongues. Right. After swirling, because I drink enough out of here to swirl, I don't really smell no, anything still different. Not. Yeah. I mean, that's what you kind of get, though, with this Schwarz style of beer. It's it's going to be... It's a dark lager, in my yeah. opinion. You get those malts, but not much more than that. I'm pulling up the untapped right now. Uh, 264 ratings. A 3.81 average, which is pretty nice. This actually says 4.4 ABV and 21 IBUs. I trust the can. Yep, <laughs> exactly. I think that's why I chose those numbers. Friends-wise, do you have any buddies on there? I'm struggling to pull it up. There we go. I got one. I don't know, buddy. Okay. I got one. Mick Beer says, oh. good winter beer that won't knock you out. And he gave it a four. That's a really good score. But he checked that out in 2019. So this is a this is one of the like mainstays. They've been doing this beer a while, so they've kind of perfected it at this point. Yeah. That's basically, uh, all I'm seeing is fours or 375s as I just scroll. Yeah, that's why they got that 381. I don't see anybody writing anything, though. No, me either. Fancy. Just jump. Oh, here's the first thing I see. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you're laughing at. But I'm going to read mine first. David Elmore. Clean, bready, light, easygoing down. Wait, easygoing down unit? But could use more chocolate. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like this, they're they're hitting exactly what they're supposed to. Yeah, it's it's not supposed to be chocolatey. That's like more of a stout territory, right? Than yeah. a 
German lager, but they give it a four. I don't think I said that. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Smoove, the comment I was laughing at, gave it a four, and he said, Moontown is so chad. <laughs> what does that even mean? So, is okay. that a slang I don't know? Yeah, it's like a, it's a, a millennial thing. Yeah, it's definitely a millennial thing. You have like your giga chads or your mega chads, like <laughs> like an energy, like a, I don't know, like a, a, a lug or, a, you know, somebody who's like, like super like fucking awesome dude i'm a yeah Chad. like a like a surfer yeah, like, kinda, yeah, like boring kinda. white guy <laughs> <laughs> usually the boring white guy but it's it's definitely the people it's 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 a vibe or an energy that this person has in a certain situation it's like ah, i'm the fucking coolest of the people here i'm a, I'm a fucking chad i got you so you have like your your dweebs and your chads or <laughs> I forget the specific, like, what are the, the parallels? You're either in the Chad category or you're in this fucking incel category. I think it's incel. <laughs> okay, I'd rather I mean, be a Chad. I mean, I'd rather not be either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a Chad at anything, but I'm definitely not an incel. All right. I'm like a woke mess. <laughs> if we're going to label people. I'm a Charizard. There it is. <laughs> Very strong. It just sounded like you were naming Pokemons at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Gary Woolmouth, uh, he says, it's a very robust lager, not sweet or heavy like a stout or porter. And he gave it a four, which is accurate, which the robust lager part. Yeah. In that it's not a stout, (laughs) obviously. Just because it's dark doesn't make it taste like the other dark beers. Well, I'm tired of scrolling and not finding anything, so I'm just going to go ahead and check this in. Same. Um, I gave this a 375. And uh, I sighed because (laughs) obviously I gave it a 375 also. (laughs) It it fits the average, right? The average is 381. It's there. Guess what? I wrote, it's what I expected. It's it's nothing more. I guess this is because I also don't enjoy the game of Yahtzee. (laughs) The game of Yahtzee is just exactly what I expect. It's kind of a boring crapshoot. Yeah, it's it's big luck of the roll. Yeah, exactly. And it's there's some skill in like which dice you keep. Right. Yeah, you have the option to make it better. Yeah. Whatever. I I've never won a game of Yahtzee like ever, and so it's exactly what I expect. This beer is exactly what I expected. It's got that. That uh, burnty, I guess, roasty, chocolatey, but not so chocolatey, caramely flavor. It's malty, and it's it's light to drink. Um, it's not quite it's not quite lawnmower beer because I'm not mowing my yard right now. But it might be something that I grab if I don't have anything else to just be like, oh, I got a Schwarz beer. I'll just go and drink that's light enough. I think it's good for the temperature we're in right now where it's like 65 68 yeah. degrees in here and it, exactly, it's like yeah. it's not stout level but it is like exactly to drink like colder temperatures yeah and i i don't hate it like right now like or cozy it's mm-hmm, nice yeah uh and this, this isn't like an enjoyable beer i i like i said i gave it a 375 also i haven't written anything because i was too busy talking but <laughs> <laughs> Basically, my general thoughts are, like, I don't drink a lot of Schwarz beers, so it's not, like, a flavor profile I'm super familiar with, but this is, like, the thing I think of when I, ha- when I think of a Schwarz beer. And for that reason alone, I think it definitely deserves, like, a 375. It's not anything super spectacular where it gets into the four range, though. That's right. kind of why I'm thinking 375, if that makes sense. It's definitely better than, you know shit that people put out yeah 
like hitting the mark should be revered. Yeah. Like I, I don't like the, the, the mentality that people have like, oh, you're just showing up to work and doing your job and then going home. You should be going above and beyond. No. You Why? Need, you don't need to. Why? This is a, the beer. They they set out to make a Schwarz beer. And, and they nailed guess it. what? They did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Mootown. You did it. Am I going to give you a four and above? No. Yeah, Am I going to give you less? Than, no, I'm not. You it's did not what you needed. the best one, but it is a one that it acceptable as what it is. I think it's the best one I've had. Probably. <laughs> I don't have too many of them. I have one from beer, I think. And the the what the the beers with an R, the Rusen Giggle or Rusen Goggle yeah. or whatever. Sure, would I drink this over that one if it's available? So I I don't know. Like I would say it's a crapshoot, but just yeah. like the game Yahtzee, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's true. And since we're not like super Schwartzy beer people, mm-hmm. it's hard to really say it's perfect because right. it's not something we have the knowledge to say <laughs> exactly yeah i mean this is exactly what i think it's going to be and if we can if, like what time frame is this best for because i because yeah. I, I can't say this is an october beer because we have our marzins we have our dunkles uh we have those things well, like what is when is this coming because if we're drinking this in october no i feel like this i'm is... gonna drink a uh, munich dunkel in october yeah, i'm gonna put this in the spring yeah. Okay. Like Oktoberfest is fall, then Swartzies are spring. Yeah, this is the, this is the beer between like November between and April. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like transitioning out of winter into like the summer beers. Yeah, I'll take it. I think that's where we should <laughs> stick this guy. Stouts I mean, are winter, IPAs are summer, yeah. Oktoberfest are fall, Schwartz are spring <laughs> sure just add it to the rotation yeah i don't hate that for this beer at all i'll take it yeah I'll, i mean i'll drink it I, yeah. I have nothing against this beer i'll drink it anytime if it's cold yeah what's that noise that means the predator is near and we must talk about his films or their films i don't know if they have a gender <laughs> <laughs> Predator is an American science fiction action anthology media franchise centered on the film series depicting humankind's encounters with an intelligent race of extraterrestrial trophy-seeking DNA engineering military personnel known as the Uatta. Ja. I don't know if that's pronounced as a Y or a J. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, produced and distributed by 20th Century Fox, the series began with Predator in 1987, directed by John McTiernan, and was followed by three sequels, Predator 2 in 1990, Predators in 2010, and The Predator in 2018, and one prequel, Prey, which was in the Hulu release thing, where <laughs> Hulu is like releasing horror movies produced by Disney now. As we talked about in the Alien episode, their next Alien movie will probably be released the same way. The series has led to numerous novels, comics, and video game spinoffs such as Predator Concrete Jungle and Predator Hunting Grounds. The Alien vs. Predator franchise combines the continuities and universes of Alien franchise with the Predator franchise and consists of two films as well as varying series of comics, books, and video games. And I also think there is a comic series of Batman vs. Predator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. I haven't read it, but I should. It's like perfect up my alley. Overall, I enjoy the Predator series, but I was not a early adopter, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I loved the original, and then I, that's the only one I had seen until yeah. like 
the past year or two where I was like, I should probably check out the rest since I love the first one so much. Right. So in 2017, when we like a year after we started doing the podcast, uh, the drinking geek out podcast, uh, it was kind of like one of the ideas that we kicked around that we would do an alien versus predator type of episode. So I watched all the aliens and then I didn't quite get to the predators, but I did watch the first one. So I remember watching the first predator in 2017, 2018, and then I haven't touched it again yeah. <laughs> until just recently when I said I was going to do these episodes. Yeah. You're like, Hey, I'll do I'll those. Do the alien. Cause you enjoyed the alien yeah, yeah, movies sure, when yeah. you watched them 10 years, seven years ago, <laughs> <laughs> however long it was. And so then I was like, Oh yeah, that means I should watch predators. And so I didn't watch the predators until just this week, <laughs> literally, the week of recording. Recording, yeah. The week of the recording, yeah. And I will say, I like Predator Two the most. The most, probably. I like I like the the last Predator one, but there's a reason for that. And her name is Olivia Munn. Yeah. But, but I mean, of the story, of I guess of all the aliens and the predators, I think Predator Two has the best story. Yeah, it's very interesting. Like police cop drama. Yeah. And it it really fits the 1990s perfectly. And yeah. I guess... Oh, uh, let's get into the yeah. movies, and then we'll talk about each one individually. Predator, the original, it follows an elite paramilitary rescue team led by Major Dutch is on... The sentence doesn't flow for me. Yeah, so it'd be like a comma. So an, <laughs> yeah. so an elite paramilitary rescue team is on a covert operation. So it's like missing okay, a comma. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Missing a comma. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's, that is the problem. You figured it out. Okay. <laughs> there it is. An elite paramilitary rescue team led by Major Dutch is on a covert operation in Central American jungle where they are tasked with rescuing an uh, official and his aide from guerrilla militia. Yeah, gorilla <laughs> When I didn't want to just say gorillas because you're going to be like the primates. Are. <laughs> you're, you're literally fighting gorillas in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> when they encounter a highly dangerous alien creature with futuristic technology who hunts them for sport and are forced to find a way to defeat it before it kills the entire team while awaiting a helicopter rescue. Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! <laughs> Get to the chopper! Oh, which is funny because they use Get to the Choppa in one of the newer ones. Yeah, they do. I think the <laughs> They're talking about motorcycles. Yes. yes. <laughs> the Olivia Munn one, I think. Yeah, were. it was. Um, I think that this movie and The Prey yeah. do something that none of the other ones do. And that's the skinning of the bodies. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because uh, you don't see that in... It may be a... Uh, ratings thing. They don't yeah. want to get the R ratings, so they. I think the rest are like PG thirteen, right? Yeah. And so they don't show the gore and stuff as yeah. much. And, as, and so in the, in the jungle, they find like this set of people, the people they're looking for, skinned and like essentially suspended upside down mm-hmm. in the tree line. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Jesus Christ! Yeah, this is, I don't want to be here. Like the gorillas have nothing to do. No, they obviously the, this is because then they get to them and well, they just like blow through them and they're still hunted by this like invisible figure in the trees. Right. This I saw way too young, mm-hmm. <laughs> like probably uh, the TV edit, so it wasn't as gory and messy. But like yeah. early in my because I've been an Arnold fan since I was born essentially. Right. So this I've this I have hard nostalgia for, and right. it's. I can't put any movie above it just because of that. 
when we get to our rankings. But right. yeah, I just love this movie. The action, the just like muscles, these hunky men in right. the jungle, like all of that. It it doesn't hold. There's like the Indian tracker, like all of that. That's kind of offensive and like this like Vietnam or yeah, it was Central America. Yeah, yet they kind of use like a whole Vietnam kind of like yeah. mentality, you know, to it. I totally, I totally get that. But I think this movie has a lot of the the memes that we're familiar with yeah. in pop culture is from this movie. Like the the handshake between Carl Weathers yeah, and Arnold. Yeah, with the big glistening oh, muscles. If that, and then get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the chopper! You know, they all come from this yeah. movie. All the, there's like so much behind the scenes of them like, having push-up competitions between scenes so that the way they look extra veiny when they yeah. <laughs> start filming. And yeah. then, like, we've got, like, the governators in it, and we also have uh, uh, the other guy who is also a governor. Uh, Jesse, Jesse Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, he's a professional wrestler, <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, so they're all jacked, you yeah. know? And, and Carl Weathers just got done doing Rocky. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good muscular buff cast and it's just like the height of that in the 80s right yeah and leading to the early 90s what i was mentioning last episode on the alien episode where this is the i want to say buddy cop but it was essentially this is the type of movies that we were watching in the early 90s with our lethal weapons and this like the predator and you know movies like that where it's militaristic forward Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like pro-military yeah, all the exactly. way. That's what the 80s were. I remember watching these pro movies guns. where I was like, let's say I just watched them like two years ago or something. And I remember uh, thinking to myself, ah, this this movie was awesome. I enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah. And then like make Allison watch it. And then she was just like, this is fucking bad. bad. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. To fund the police. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, but I, yeah. so strange. But... It's I guess it's the time. Just like we we've joked about Revenge of the Nerds being yeah. it was the time we fucking hate it now. This was the time in the early nineties where it was Lethal Weapons yeah, and Die some... Hard and you know, it was like guns and action Robocop. And... Robocop. Yeah, your <laughs> favorite movie series, <laughs> yeah. Robocop, yeah. There's so many of like just and like releasing I can't watch a movie like that now if it was released. It just seems uh, uh, like unsympathetic to the times or something like yeah. that. It just doesn't yeah. feel right. But I just have such a soft spot for the, yeah, <laughs> the 80s version of that thing. Right. And we did we did something very similar. Like Alice and I uh, made a playlist of the, the top 100 sci-fi movies to watch. It's basically, it, we have all the streaming fucking services. Why wouldn't you? So we, we had the list and we just went through everywhere that we can find those movies and we watched them. And so we watched the RoboCops. We watched this predator movie we watch terminators, terminators and, and all that stuff and if you separate yourself from like today yeah those movies are enjoyable mm-hmm. but they still they're still going to influence oh, right. like how you feel at this moment mm-hmm. when you watch them and they're almost unwatchable yeah it's hard to put them in context from when they were created right. when you're living 30 40 years in the future yeah and that's why i like movies that are Futuristic. That's why I like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Star Trek. That's why I like Alien. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. For even even when we watch them, then we're still in the past compared to those mm-hmm. movies. Like, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and they sometimes it's a bleaker version of the future, and sometimes it's like a more like Star mm-hmm. Trek is a more I don't know 
nicer look at right <laughs> nicer outlook and then my favorite of the predator movies coming up <laughs> yeah this one essentially <clears throat> is all that i hold on like i wanted to mention i just popped into my head right before we get to predator 2 the the name tags they fall come to, like the the dog tags dog tags yeah it's hawkins and hopper do you Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they live in Hawkins, and the uh, the sheriff is Hopper. Which yeah. I, I, I remember think... seeing that, but I didn't commit that to memory. Okay, so Predator Two essentially uh, follows up with all that we were just talking about in the previous a uh, little bit about the Predator and the time frame and the military and the pro like police, police. if you will. So in 1990, this movie was released. Uh, but it was set in the future, '97, and what happened in '96 in LA, right? Right. The, right. Or '92 to '96, you have the aftermath of the LA riots, mm-hmm. right? You have all those things happening, and it's in LA, and it's in LA. Yeah. So, in the record hot summer of '97, a different predator arrives in LA, which is really wild, fucking it's, bonkers. Before yeah. it happens, we came out before that all mm-hmm. happened. Uh, I honestly, when I watched this movie, I thought it happened in. Like Mexico or yeah. like Haiti or something, just like all the violence that yeah. they're showing in the streets and stuff. Yeah, I just thought, I didn't think that this was in America. I didn't think that. I, I just thought it was. I wouldn't say third world country, but I yeah. thought it was like. Uh, and then they started speaking English, and so I was like, <laughs> "All right, so I guess this is not." And they in. give you like the year it's set in, but you don't know what year it was released because yeah. it doesn't say like. <laughs> It is 1990 when this movie came out. You have right. to actually like look it up on IMDb or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. So in 97, a different predator arrives in LA and hunts violent gang members. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I fucking dig this predator, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drawing the attention of local police force, including Lieutenant Harrigan, who pursues the creature as it rampages through the city. The creature itself, in turn, being hunted by the secretive government task force, Wolf. So uh, I know, Owl F. Or- <laughs> Is that, did they ever tell you like how it read out? Or just, I don't remember them actually saying it. Yeah, the OWLF, uh, led by CIA agent uh, Peter Keys, which was Gary Busey, which wishes to capture it for study. Imagine that. Sounds exactly like Wayland. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mention in Predator, or one of the movies they... It may be a later movie, Predators, where they actually enter a Predator ship, and there is a Xenomorph skull on the ship. Yeah, it's the later ones. That's the, the <laughs> it actually might be this one. I think... I don't think the, they, oh, maybe. The, 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 like the, the, it ends with them going to a ship or something yeah, like that. The, yeah, there is there is a little bit. It was very weird, because the, the scenery changed quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and this one is pretty bloody, and yeah. so it's probably R-rated as well. I think Don, Danny Glover, yeah, Danny Glover, not Donald Glover, <laughs> right. is really good. And Gary Busey's character comes back, or Jake Busey plays like yeah. a descendant of Gary Busey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's cool. In like Predators, or The Predator, I think. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I like how that's all connected into the series. Uh, and just like this... 1990s LA setting is also nostalgic just mm-hmm. from other movies that came out around that time. <laughs> Cause since yeah, I've yeah. never, I wasn't in LA at that time, but just like m- different movies set there. It just has that vibe. It's got a darker, like more catastrophic vibe though from, from like any other LA movies. Like if you watch like 
Lethal Weapon, like the in city scenes, seem very vibrant. Whereas yeah. this one seems like because it's hazy, set and, into a, like a more violent future. Yeah, more like RoboCop, but that's mm-hmm. Detroit. But yeah, it's still like futuristic and uh, dystopian. Right. Yeah, you're you're going into your Mad Max in like eras where it's the future. It's shit's happening. It's foggy. It's messed up. Shootouts with gangs and police exactly. in the middle of like major streets. I'll tell you right now, 2023 crowd, that doesn't change. <laughs> nope. And then the two Alien vs. movies come out. Mm-hmm. First, we have Alien vs. Predator, which uh, the plot is when a private satellite encounters an unidentified source of heat in Antarctica, and it is found to be a pyramid buried deep underground. A search team comprised of top-of-the-line archaeologists and engineers is sent to Antarctica to find out more. Once there, the team comes across signs which indicate that the place is inhabited by an unknown alien species, xenomorphs. It is not long before the aliens begin to hunt the team members. At the same time, a trio of coming-of-age predators have arrived to collect skulls of the aliens as trophies, and the humans are caught in between this deadly battle and the between the two warring species. So this was based off of Predator 2's establishing that the predators have hunted xenomorphs before mm-hmm. 20th century fox had the rights to both predator and alien franchises so it's an easy conclusion to, th- no. to make that these two franchises will coalesce at some point yeah and it's an awesome feat to be able to have both these things but they sucked at making those movies yeah. like I, th- I think this first one is pretty fun it it's yeah. definitely a predator movie first that's why it's on we're focusing more on this episode, but right. yeah, it, it just, it hits all the predator points more than it does the alien points with the collecting of the trophies yep. and like the hunting and all of that stuff where the aliens are just kind of a right. afterthought. Yeah. It's essentially the dude's like, what is he, or I guess the, the main female researchers like, what is he doing? Cause he's taking the blood of the alien is burning yeah. his skin and he's marking his helmet like trophy. Yeah. And like making a, like war paint or whatever, and the dude's like, yeah, that's that's what he's doing. It's fancy. I mean, I like this one. I think I like the next one a little better. Oh man, I did but, not like Requiem at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, I think the Alien vs Predator just hits all the fun points of it, yeah. and then, then Alien vs Requiem just seems to stretch it out. And yeah, I was like, I got what I needed out of the first one. Yeah, the Alien versus Predator Requiem kind of hits the mark of where do we go? The running car or behind the thing of yeah. chainsaws or where, do, where are we supposed to go? It, yeah, it focuses a lot more on the humans and them trying to just like hide or figure out what's going on. And where, be dumb and yeah, stupid. Yeah, I think the, the first one focuses more on the predators and like how they deal with the situation and humans are just kind of in the middle of things right, there's in the way yeah. like normally um speaking of requiem no one can escape the aggressive predatory xenomorphs with this in mind a crippled predator spaceship crash lands in a dense forest of gunnison colorado right after the antarctic bloodshed in alien predator as a result a vicious uh predalien hybrid along with the myriad of facehuggers scatter in all directions infecting everyone unfortunate enough to come across their path. Once more, the Earth is a battlefield as both extraterrestrial species fight for supremacy. 
Now, with the human stuck in the middle of a brutal face-off, Sheriff Eddie Morales must protect the city with a handful of residents. Can a team of inexperienced defenders ensure the fate of humankind? No, they cannot. <laughs> and it was the military who just blew, blew up nuked the town. The whole town. <laughs> That's what won. Yeah. <laughs> they should have done that in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> then the movie wouldn't have existed. Yeah, we just blew it up. I do like the Preda Alien concept because we see at the end of AVP where the the predator that survived the lone surviving predator has been face hugged at some point and he like the last thing we see is a chest burster. Yep. And then we cut to the credits. So we follow up on what burst out of that chest and it's like a predator with like the alien tail and like the yeah. extra mouth inside of his weird mouth. Yeah. Which I think we should also mentioned like the predator design is really cool because it's like just a mask a really cool creepy mask and then that gets knocked off and it's like a a scary face and then that opens up and it's even scarier when it like opens up yeah it's it's, mandible like like hands (laughs) and then you got like weird teeth yeah it's it's... got like these three iconic looks that are standing alone and they keep evolving with Mm -hmm. every iteration in the franchise right do people hate jobs like Steve Jobs? <laughs> Actual working, like working people, yeah. So in this, so the guy from uh, uh, Raven's Banquet, Mythic Quest, mm-hmm. David, he's in the Requiem. He's the, <laughs> yes. the owner or the manager at the pizza place. And he tells Richie that he needs to go do this delivery. Richie's like, no, someone send someone else because it happens to be like this girl from school that he likes. And so then he goes and delivers the pizza because Dale's like, no, you have to do it. And so he does it. Yeah. Then there's like a bully there. Yeah, there's a bully there. And he's like, oh, you look funny with your clothes. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm working. working. (laughs) This isn't my outfit. I didn't buy it. Yeah, he just makes fun of him. And then like he just makes like some kind of uncouth remark about it. It's kind of funny, but whatever. And then he like leaves and they just like kick his ass (laughs) and throw his keys down the train. He's like... Motherfucker, he's got a work. Yeah, he's a delivery driver. He needs those. What, why are you so mad at him? Because he talked to your girlfriend? Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, clearly, he's, he's like, ah, oh, dude, I don't need to work. I don't need a job. I got her. What? Like, yeah. you're a loser. I'm not worried about you at all. <laughs> but instead, he's worried about him. And so then they break up because he's a dick. Yeah, he's an asshole. <laughs> but, of course, without that kind of key scene, they would have gone into the tunnels and, and the sewers. And eggs. I don't know. There's a, they were already awake at that point. Yeah, were there empty eggs? No, they didn't see the eggs. They just saw the things running through the tunnel. Oh, that's right, that's right. It's been a while since I've seen it. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, and then it just ends with the town exploding, so. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> All the whole movie didn't matter. I think that's what rubs me the wrong way with that. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's a bad movie. <laughs> uh, then we have... Predators released three years later. A group mm-hmm. of notorious mercenaries are murdered, and, or not are murdered, and murderers find themselves kidnapped and transported to an alien game preserve jungle planet where they have to learn to work together in order to fight off a band of super predators and other alien creatures stalking them and find a way off of this world. This is a fun movie. This one is really cool. I I always assumed it was just a remake of the original Predator, just mm-hmm. based on the trailer alone. I'm like, right. oh, it's just a jungle with mercenaries in it. They just 
and it's called Predators. I just assumed. Yeah. So I didn't even bother to watch it until recently. And I'm like, oh, this is actually a pretty fun new story. And right. then you learn like halfway through that it's on an alien planet and not on Earth in our South American jungles. Right. And then I'm like, well, then why did we make it a look like a South right. American jungle just to get people from who like the first one to watch it? Like make it look yeah, like an alien much. planet or like a unique environment. <laughs> Yeah, this one is really weird, too, because they grab, like, the worst of the worst people, mm-hmm. so they don't feel bad about murdering yeah. them. So, so it kind of feels like the the Predators have some sort of, like, ethics crew that they follow along and they monitor everybody. Almost yeah. like a, a demented fucking Santa Claus where it's like, you're a bad person, so you're going to go. That's what I can't remember. How did they get this group of all of these bad guys I don't know. Together, they never really. <laughs> yeah, they never specifically say. They just, they just kind keep of, dropping from the sky. Yeah, they just handpicked them. Somehow, they just they saw a light and they they brought them in, and then they just like piloted to this planet and then just like dropped them out with like the parachute because mm-hmm. you see like Danny Some Trejo. People, one just, person's like, parachute doesn't yeah. open. Danny Trejo's like, "What the fuck is going on, yeah, man?" It <laughs> like, takes like twenty minutes for them to realize. Oh no, we're actually in this together yeah they're all like have their guns pointed at each other assuming that someone else yeah it's like the good old mexican standoff if you will without being you know too terribly racist with that but that's the name of the thing um then you got the topher grace yeah. turn i knew something was gonna oh be i knew he was a bad him. guy <laughs> immediately because this is like shortly after he was venom <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's essentially like how like everybody's there for a reason and then he's like you're just out of place yeah why, Why is he out of place? <laughs> There's got to be something. Yeah. He acts like he, he's really good in the role. And then I like how he gets his comeuppance finally at the end. Right. I think it all plays out pretty well. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. And I, I like um, the main guy in that oh, shit. Adrian Brody. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I thought he did really well. Uh, I just thought the the romantic like vibe between that the was two unnecessary. was kind of unnecessary. Yeah. But it, it kind of like led into the, like the oh the next cycle is coming like here we are <laughs> yeah as soon as they like figure it yeah, out yeah they get to the end and then they're trying to get to that ship and then the ship explodes or whatever and then a new group of people come to join them and we get to assume that there's a sequel there somewhere but they never do it because it wasn't a huge hit because right. the the trailers made it look like a remake right and. It kind of gives you that same vibe as like the alien temple in uh, the Alien versus Predator, yeah. where you set these aliens here in this temple, and three predators come and try to collect yep. trophies from them. It's the same thing here, where the aliens and they have like two different alien species or uh, predator species in here as well. It's yeah, really that are competing, and like one's above the other one. Yeah, it's fucking the, weird. The, yeah. And they kind of get to that more in the next one where they establish, like, there's different hierarchy of Predators. Yeah. But speaking of the next one, we have Predator 2018, the Olivia Munn Fest. <laughs> uh, following the crash of the Predator ship, the U.S. Army Ranger Quinn McKenna and his team of PTSD-afflicted soldiers must band together to take down a pair of Predators, including a new genetically enhanced Predator and prevent the invasion on the planet. So what's missed in this thing is just how intense the storyline gets. The main uh, thrill of the Predator is this kid, this guy's son. Because he sends home yep. like the Predator army as kind of like 
evidence to because I mean this is really smart of this guy to to take the armor of this predator to be able to back his story up because he's going to get blamed for the murder yeah. of because welcome he's to the only America. survivor of this militia group or whatever it is and yeah. that it happens across this predator. And it's funny, too, because he's like, the, the contents of my backpack sent it home. Yeah, he and mails then, those. And then by the time that you get everything, they're like, that doesn't fit in your backpack, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff. <laughs> you have a helmet? <laughs> it's like the helmet and like that wrist thing with all the weapons on it. Yeah. I think those are the main aspects that go, he sends to his son. So yeah. his son. Well, no, he sends to his P.O. box. Yeah, but. And then the P.O. box, the people at the, the post office are like, you're long overdue. We're going to take everything from your P.O. box and send it to your home and close your P.O. box. Yeah, so it's like his ex-wife and his son yeah. or something. And he's like, no, I didn't want it to go to them. <sighs> God damn it. Yeah, he just endangered them. Yeah. Um, this one had a lot of uh, comedy vibes to me. Yeah. Uh, it's very the actor list. Well, 2018, like that sense of humor. And then, yeah, the cast is great. I don't, the main guy I've seen in other things, but I can't think of anything specifically. Oh, uh, the, the McKenna? I don't, I can't, I couldn't tell it you. It says he was in Logan, but I'm not sure who he played. Uh, he was the, the, the main hunter. The, okay. Uh, the, yeah, the yeah, dude yeah. With the arm. He was that guy. And he's in Sandman, which I haven't watched yet, and a couple of other yeah, he's, big uh, things. He's one of the nightmares in Sandman. Uh, pretty good. Uh, so this cast list, you have Olivia Munn. <laughs> all, just to say, all of these movies have really stacked casts. That seems yeah. to be where like a lot of their budget goes, Like even, all the way back to the first one. Yeah, so you have a, like, a couple of names that I haven't really heard, but for like the main dude on the bus is Travante Rhodes. I don't know. I've seen him before. I couldn't tell you, but he plays Nebraska Williams or yeah. Gaylord or whatever. Um, Key and Michael Key. Yeah, he's like the comedy him. relief, and then he's got like a boyfriend like type thing that he that we find out like where they like sacrifice each other. F- yeah, <laughs> for them or you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they they like go down together and like yeah. holding hands essentially. Mm-hmm. Alfie Allen, who's in Game of Thrones, is in this one. Just a I guess a bunch of names, and but this is the one that has uh, Jake Busey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the the main like protagonist antagonist character would be Sterling K. Brown's character, who's the main like dude in. Oh, he's great. He's yeah. So his one liners are just so fucking like stereotypical and hilarious. He's like, "Well, this fucking thing, is- <laughs> <laughs> like, this shit's fucked up." <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Like when they're like getting on to the predator ship towards the end of the movie, like that whole like twenty minute scene is really good. Yeah. And then it ends with a really cool thing where they like get this because the predator there's like a predator that's on our side that sends some anti predator armor to Earth because the other faction of predators is just going to come wipe us out yep. or there's like a whole big backstory that we only get alluded to and so he sends us this armor that the main Quinn guy puts mm-hmm. on and it's just basically setting up like in a sequel where he could fight predators with this predator armor that he can see them like they see us and like turn invisible like they do. It's like, it's pretty cool. That's the sun. They're like, what is this? He's like, that's my armor. Yeah. And then it ends. And then that's the last we see of that timeline for now. We'll see next. We have prey, which is 
takes us all the way to the beginning. Naru, a skilled Comanche warrior, is striving to prove herself as a hunter and finds herself having to protect her people from a predator as well as from French fur traders who are destroying the buffalo her people rely on to survive. I found this movie interesting. I loved it. I'm just going to say I loved it. But the problem I have with it is she hesitates so much when it comes to the predator or hunting. But when it came to fighting the white man, she fucking just murdered them. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. There's literally no hesitation to it. I, and I don't know how much she is realizing that, like, if you attack the predator, it's going to attack you. Right. So she's, every time she runs from it or she's, like, unarmed, it just ignores her completely. Right. So, she, like, she's she doing the right thing. She tells her brother that it ignored me because yeah. I'm not a threat. And mm-hmm. he's like, but you're not. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she's the one that ends up killing it. So right. it's like, who who was right in the situation? Right. And I, I, I really like that aspect of, like, she wants to be a warrior, but they, they want her to be, like, a medicine woman. Yeah, medicine woman or gatherer, essentially. Yeah. They're just like, you're a woman. Why do you want to be a hunter? I felt like the, a and, lot of the people... And she uses her brain, unlike the actual hunters who are just, like, going out there with, like, their arrows and just, right. oh, I just need my strength. And she's like, no, but if you... like there's this really good scene where they're like shooting at birds or something and then she hesitates or and her brother shoots it and it's like really far away and she's like i win and she's like well i was gonna wait for it to come back so i wouldn't have to run so far yeah because she's like thinking across the river (laughs) now yeah you have to cross the river to get that now and like me i just do it i would have just waited to make it easier on myself and you're just you're just more about the kill where she's yeah. like actually thinking things through, which is a really great part of the movie. Absolutely. And you, you find out about this a little bit later too, when uh, he talks about the fact that he killed the lion, he wouldn't have been able to do it without, without her. her. Yeah. She set up the whole plan. Yeah, she just so, missed or hesitated or I, I, I can't think, remember what she happened in that tree. She fell off the tree where he, the, the lion fell off and she concussed herself. Yeah, that's right. And so he saved her, but then he also killed the lion because the lion was already injured yeah. and hurt. From this, so her plan worked. She just the the branch broke. Yeah, and then like the the whole skinning of the buffaloes. I was like, ah, yeah, we're back to the predator skinning things, and it happened to be the fucking white (laughs) man, French furs. Yeah, I was like, ah, this sucks. The white man sucks. The white man sucks so bad, but it's so it's very accurate. I know, and I hate it. (laughs) And then like all of the references to the first movie, and then like the you see like primitive weapons that the predator uses later mm-hmm. but like some more simplified versions of those i like all of that stuff too the fact that she used his weapons against him yes. is the reason why they, she won it's just fantastic and then like she falls in that mud like 20 minutes in the movie and she's like i'm like oh shit you fall in the mud you're invisible and then she just instantly right washes it off it's like oh they didn't even I'm like, it, they like adverted my expectations yeah. by doing that. So I'm like, oh, Arnold fell in the mud. He was hidden. Yep. And then she just immediately washes it off. And but it's kind of foreshadowing though, yeah. because then she uses that, that mud flower, as, a, as a trap. It, yeah. And then she finds that flower that turns herself cold so yep. she can use that to hide instead. And I'm like, all of it's set up so well. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's really, she just knew where to go. I loved it. It was good. Yeah. I'm, I liked how it's more of mind over brawn brains over brawn brains over brawn (laughs) what is this from (laughs) 
This is obnoxious. That's his laugh. The Predator's laughing right before he blows up Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because he's like, set that Arnold thinks he won. He sets his little timer on his wrist, and then he like explodes like a nuclear explosion. So that's his like little evil laugh. But that'll lead us into our rankings okay. for the Predator franchise. Yeah, and I think that we also co-signed this. Yeah. Um, but I think that... No, I think this is fair. Me personally, I think I put Predator 2 above Alien versus Predator. I think I would put that at 3. Yeah. But as a together I, I, thing, I don't think so. I rearrange these rankings like four or five times. And after we record this, I might rearrange it again. So it's not like <laughs> set in stone. Yeah. It's just like my feeling as of the my most recent watching of the all the movies. Yeah, and I think Predator for sure number one. Prey for sure number two, if not flipped. Because... As I said previously, we have this big infatuation with having original movies. Yeah. Like, this is the first one, so clearly this is yeah, the best one. Nostalgia is just so strong. Yeah. <laughs> but Prey was such a good movie. Prey is so good. and it, But without Predator, I they don't know wouldn't. if I would like it as much, just yeah, because it, it, all the callbacks and stuff wouldn't yeah. land. So yeah. it's hard to say. Yeah, and so I don't know if I would even watch that movie if there wasn't a Predator. Like, What, what would drive yeah. me to watch this it's movie? It's very odd on its own. It's yeah. just like... Why is this alien thing happening in the 1700s? Or, exactly. But that is what it is. Alien versus Predator I put next. All Sort of nostalgic because of I watched it in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so it is like kind of established for me. Also, just because I think it's a fun what-if story like we were saying that maybe last episode. like, And I don't like it as an alien movie, but as a Predator movie, it is pretty fun. Yeah. And then next is The Predator, which is the Olivia Munn, most recent of the... Before Prey. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good movie. It, it is like Predator 2, which is next, but yeah. it is more updated modern. Right. And there's a lot of good action scenes and stuff like that. The, With only, the comedic twist. Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of great actors and stuff. The, the biggest issue with this franchise is the titling. Yeah. <laughs> So Predator, Predators, Predator 2, The Predator. Like, they're all the same name, basically. Yeah, it's almost like the Fast and the Furious. I'm just waiting yeah. for, like, two Predators, two, two f- aliens. <laughs> or, you know, like, <laughs> what is the Tokyo Drift one. Yeah, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yeah, it's like, what What do we? What type of name could we possibly come up with and just make this, like, part of that thing? Yeah. Uh, then number six is Predators... Which is a really good movie. It just, yeah, uh, it's got a lot of competition in this franchise. I know. I think this one of all of them, I think, stands up as a standalone. Yeah, more I think, than yeah, it really does because it doesn't really reference any of the other movies. It doesn't like it, it ends with a kind of a yeah. cliffhanger ish that they're still on that planet waiting yeah. to escape. But and, and without any of the other predators, this movie still makes sense yeah. because you you get dropped in this planet. And you're like, oh, this is this is South America, or this is some kind of jungle. That's why river. it kind of is a reboot. And it's like, hey, this is like this. We've seen these aliens before uh, in '87. So where are we? I don't know. Like the the temperature doesn't quite match the vegetation. Yeah. It's like so they're confused. But it's, I still think it kind of mat- lines up very well with like a standalone. I think it really could yeah. have just been like the first movie that comes out if it weren't going to make like an entire series of them because mm-hmm. it is on a remote planet doing its own thing. It feeds into the, the, the aliens hunting people type of fear-mongering. Yeah. Then lastly, it's PV, or AVPR, yep. which is just 
it doesn't do anything really new or interesting. It's just another movie. It's good enough, but it's not great. I just didn't really think that it adds anything to the thing, to the movies at all. And now it's time to talk about the music, taglines, and composer. Starting off with the main title theme for Predator 1. I think the first tagline of this is one of the callbacks you get in Prey, too. Oh, for sure. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Next we have, nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. Except (laughs) in Prey. Yeah. But we didn't know at this point. It came from another planet for the thrill of the hunt. It picked the wrong man. Yeah, you don't mess with Arnold back in the 80s, for sure. Never. Um, it's basically the same thing. Yeah, it came for the thrill of the hunt, but picked the wrong, wrong man to hunt. <laughs> Soon, the hunt will begin. Mm. Oh, this music's really good. Yeah. It's probably done by, like, Alan Sylvester or something. <laughs> we cannot see it, but it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. I'm trying to do like the channel my inner Keith as like <laughs> yeah, like the trailer, yeah. the trailer guy. Yeah. That was good. It's like a video game. In this movie, Arnold will experience every meaning of the word pain. It, what's the other meaning of the word pain? I don't know. <laughs> Besides, ouchie. The score was composed by Alan Silvestri. Spoiler alert. Who was coming off the huge success of Back to the Future in 85, one of my favorite soundtracks from our first episode of D-Ghost. Predator was the first major action movie, and the score is full of its familiar genre characteristics. Heavy horn blast, staccato strings, and the undulating timpani roles that highlight the action and suspense. Sylvester returned for the sequel, making him the only composer to score more than one alien or predator. Oh shit. Which you can see why. This song rules. Yep. This is this stands out much more than any of the alien right, sounds. Exactly. This is definitely like on on a list of movie soundtracks that I probably would listen to. Yeah. Like, while I'm just doing whatever, it's like the Pearl Harbor theme, <laughs> Armageddon, yeah. you know, uh, in, uh, Interstellar. Like, you just know those movies yeah. by their, their composer. Or the John the, Williams yeah. or Danny Elfman or Michael Giacchino. Exactly. Like, those Alan Silvestri rules. Yep. He also did Cap, so. <laughs> That's true. Big fan. That it definitely has a lot of those um, uh, Back to the Future vibes to it the does. soundtrack. Yeah, it, the, it hits a lot of those same motifs. Like as as read, he's like, "I just did it, man. I'll do it again." But this was more action yeah. forward, whereas the other one is more like I don't know, whatever that is, adventure. Yeah, whatever you call it. Predator Two. Again, Alan Silvestri. It definitely makes it seem a little bit more of, like, in my mind, how I thought it was 
in Mexico or yeah, with the, like the bongo type yeah. sound. It's, a, it's like a Colombian, Jamaica, mm-hmm. like all those drug cartel. Why would I assume that it was an LA, LA gang? <laughs> Pull over, park, and pray. Oh shit, that sounds like rape. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Alan Silvestri notes. Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! I don't. Did that come terrible. from? The, did that come from <laughs> I, the no, Predator? No, I don't think so. I oh think, my god! I think they're referencing like uh, Wizard of Oz or something. Oh my god! That'd be <laughs> lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! Like, ah, why would you put that on the poster? It's so weird. It, it's a totally different vibe. Yeah. He's in town with. A few days to kill. Oh, God. <laughs> he's only going to be there a few days, and he's going to be killing the whole time. Oh, Th- that's a pretty fun Christ. one. Silent. Invisible. Invincible. The ultimate hunter. This time. L.A. 1997. Like the lyrics to this, it's trying to go with the vibe, the music vibes. It's like silent, yeah, it's like a but deadly, a cha cha, yeah. Hunting season opens again. Oh, geez, that's, that's fair. a good one, and then followed by the ultimate hunter, yeah, that's fair. This time, he's coming to a different kind of jungle. There it is, this is America, concrete jungle, the concrete jungle. Check out the video game. Alan Silvestri is an American poser, conductor of films and TV scores. He has been associated with director Robert Zemeckis since 1984, composing music for all of his featured films, including the Back to the Future film series, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Forrest Gump, Castaway, and Polar Express, all Tom Hanksy movies. He is a two-time Academy Award and Global Golden Globe Award winner nominee... And the three-time Saturn Award and two-time Primetime Emmy Award recipient. So the the names of Mech is that's where it comes from. Is the whole Tom Hanks connection films like the yeah. Castaways and the, he's the, in a lot of Zemeckis movies. Yeah, and I think I remember watching the the Forrest Gump, uh, how this movie was made, or like the the movies that made us, and yeah. they referenced uh, Alan Silvestri and Zemeckis and you know Tom Hanks quite a bit. So. That's where the name popped in. It's like, oh, that's how it's spelled. <laughs> I think an Alan Silvestri-focused composer episode for D-Ghost would be a good idea. I think so. All right, let's move on to Predators. Fear. What? Nope. Fear is reborn. This sounds very familiar. The sound. Maybe because I just watched it recently. Well, it's... it's it's Predator One. Yeah, it's t- it's taking from that. Right. The hunt is on. The most dangerous killer on the planet. But this is not our planet. So they despoiled it right there. In the <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it, it seems like a big reveal when they do actually do it. There had been speculation the original Predator composer Alan Silvestri would return to score this movie, but on uh, February 26, 2010, it was announced that John Debney, who worked with Rodriguez on such films as Spy Kids and City, would compose the original score for the film. Rodriguez shared his thoughts on how this score 
should play out saying I think we're going to go for something that fits the tone of the movie really well. That original score went great with the movie, but the notes and the music do really evoke a quality. You know, when he, Debbie, showed the, his rough cut in some scenes every once in a while at the right moment, I started hearing strings from the score because we had a temp score and it really works. So we'll probably incorporate some of that at the right time because you know you don't want to overuse it but it's like the James Bond theme you can't use it all the time but when you do you really get the audience really 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 pumped that's like my impersonation of Matt Damon doing a Jack Nicholson when he's talking <laughs> about the that one movie departed yes <laughs> Debney recorded many custom sounds and instruments, including Tibetan longhorns to create squeals and screams. He also manipulated metal scraps and ethnic percussion to further highlight the advanced yet brutal and primitive quality of the predators in this world. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Ludwig, whatever, 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 doing... Uh, Gornson. Black, yeah, Gornson doing Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. Who does like the yeah yeah all those all those ethnic percussion yeah if you will I that sounds terrible saying that but the, all the all the all the instruments from the different yeah areas cultures and cultures and stuff all right this next song may sound familiar as well oh hey feels like I just listened to this you did I like that they kind of reuse the same basic theme throughout these movies so it's like the Mario or Zelda using the same theme for every game right um, tag lines include you'll never see him coming <laughs> yeah well <laughs> it happens <laughs> uh, the hunt has evolved hunting season opens got another hunting season Joe it's all about hunt it's funny because in this movie, Olivia Munn's like, why do you call him Predator? There should be hunt. It's like a sports hunter. <laughs> Trivia. Uh, the original movie was called The Hunter, but they had to change it to The Predator, or, or they decided The Predator sounded better. But it was originally, when they were filming, was called The hunt, Hunter. <laughs> oh, jeez. So that was what Olivia Munn was saying. Like It was a callback to that. Yeah. The hunt is bigger. <laughs> I guess. That's what the tagline is. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> And then finally join the hunt in 2018. There it is. And then... So it starts like the original Predator, and then it kind of goes off into its own thing here, where it's like a little more muted. Yep. Henry Jackman provided the musical score for the film, which incorporates oh, nice. Alan Silvestri's theme from the 87 film, which we already heard. He's an English composer who composed music for films such as Kong Skull Island, X-Men First Class, Winnie the Pooh, Wreck-It Ralph, Puss in Boots, Monsters vs. Aliens, Captain Phillips, Kick-Ass 1 and 2, Big Hero 6, The Interview, and Detective Pikachu, as well as the video games Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, and Disney Infinity 2.0. So, he's been out there working for a while. I was gonna say I know that name from somewhere other than those films you listed. <laughs> the Kingsman, he did the Kingsman. Oh yep. Um, I thought there was a like a Marvel one that he did. Maybe you're thinking of Hugh Jackman, who is <laughs> a Marvel adjacent. 
All right, here we have the prey. Or just prey. Hmm. Which this one is just the hunt begins. The only tagline, it's a Hulu release, so it doesn't have like the big posters and all that that have multiple taglines. He followed Alan Silvestri and did the second Captain America, whereas Alan Silvestri did the first one. And that he followed along. Yeah. He kind of took parts of his score for this movie and that. That's yeah. pretty interesting. I thought that was an interesting thing to note. Here we have Sarah Shoshner. Got this one? Yeah. Sarah Shoshner composed the musical score. I tracked. Nimberg hired her after playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla during pre-production and being impressed with her score for the game, which is an awesome score for the game, by the way. It's is really it? good. I love it. Uh, Shashner said the music had to play a big role given the film's sparse dialogue. Yep, absolutely. With the challenge of feeling equally large and expansive as well as in, uh, intimate and raw. As it featured both fun, gory action and suspense, and Nuru's emotional character arc, Trachtenberg worked closely with uh, Schnoschner to develop Nuru's theme, as the director was adamant that it should feel like a journey, and it should start small and really take you somewhere. Schnoschner recorded most of the strings herself, and Native American musician Robert Marabai provided flute and vocals that's awesome appreciate that it's i have a real soft spot for this movie because when sarah and i started dating we would watch the totally rad show which was like an internet early podcast type video show hosted by daniel trachtenberg who directed this Um. movie and his two friends, it was like a revision three with like Dignation and all that. Like, there's that whole thing. But so I knew this guy before he was directing anything, and so I like have followed his career since like he was doing commercials. So I was like real excited when he did this. He also did Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's awesome. And yeah, this music is like really perfect for this movie. Yeah. It gives me like a lot of vibes. Like if you listen to like Nordic like mm-hmm. folk music or Celtic folk music, it, it just kind of fits in that like vibe, but more of is like, that kind of like the Valhalla? Yeah, similar. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we have the theme for AVP. One of the taglines is "Whoever wins, we lose," which we alluded to on the Alien episode. Yeah. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> it's our planet. It's their war. Which is also a pretty good tagline. Yeah. I feel like they said the the enemy of the enemy is my friend type of thing in the Predators when the Oh yeah. The little predator dude was strapped up to a tree and Adrian Brody was like, cutting him down. And she's like, just because you help him, it doesn't mean he's gonna help you back or he's gonna be he's like, mm, we'll see I don't about know. that. He, some Somebody worse tied him up, so maybe we can use him. All right, exactly. Austrian composer Harold Klosher, who hi- was hired to create the film score after completing the score to for the day after tomorrow. 
It was recorded in London and was primarily orchestral, as Anderson commented. This is a terrifying movie, and it needs a terrifying classic movie score to go with it. As the sa- at the same time, it's got huge action, so it needs that kind of proper orchestral support. Gotcha. I do like the, the orchestral scores yeah. more so than anything else. I like the, my favorite part of movies is the music. A lot of the time, especially if it's a bad movie, it, the yeah. music can carry it a long way yeah. to fill in, like, boring dialogue or something. Yeah. I mean, hell, even, like, let's say, like, good movies are good because of who's in it and the story, but also because of the music. Yeah. Like, it I think really you, sets the whole tone of the right. film. If the music is bad, it could really fuck up the whole, right. whole thing. Let's say you take the music out of Catch Me If You Can. I don't think I would have liked that movie at all. You know, so I think definitely music has a lot to do with the way that we perceive movies and enjoy them. Mm-hmm. My favorite part. I don't know if I said this is the main theme from that movie. There's also the main theme for Requiem. Was this a Christmas movie in 2007? Like, was it really? Because the tagline wouldn't make any sense. It must be, yeah. This Christmas, there will be no peace on Earth. If this movie was released not on Christmas, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad It had to it. be released in December. It had to be. The last place we want to be is in the middle. It began on their world. It will end on ours. It did December. Yeah, December 25th. Oh, nice. Yeah. The last one. In space, no one can hear you scream. On Earth, it won't matter. I like that, (laughs) too. I like that they bring back the original tagline from Alien. Yeah. Wow, this is cool. Composer Brian Tyler was hired to write the score for the film in his 24... Uh, your career, he has scored four. Brian Tyler did Iron Man. Oh, did he? Yeah. So let's see what they say. Transformers Prime. Okay. All right. I'll say that. Eagle Eye. Eagle Eye was that really weird, like Shia LaBeouf Shia movie. Early movie, yeah. Yeah. The Expendables trilogy. Iron Man 3. Avengers. With Danny Elfman, he helped him with the, <laughs> the Age of Ultron. Now You See Me. That was a, that's a fun little, like, card Magician, magician uh, heist movie. Yep, and then Crazy Rich Asians, which I haven't seen yet. That's a really good movie. Is it? Recommend. And so he's got a few other ones, but oh, he's got plenty. But those are the big, some big ones. Yep. Yeah, the score for this one's fine. It just doesn't fit the movie. The movie sucks compared to like this <laughs> score. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's got. It, it really hits the tone of the alien and the predator. It just, yeah, the movie is kind of lousy compared. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, if you just, like, said, all right, here's the movie, but we're just going to listen to the score about it, I'd be I'd be yeah, hyped about this movie. probably better. Without watching the movie, I'd be hyped about this song. Uh, this is also from AVPR. It is Predator Arrival, so... Specific predator theme. Yeah. So we listen to the alien queen theme in the alien episode. Let's see what this is. 
It's intense. I was hoping it would be more towards like the Alan Silvestri theme that mm-hmm. hits like the first three movies, like if it would reference that at all. It really doesn't, but kind of gives me like the whole like seeing the the Enterprise for their first time yeah. vibes before it goes into <laughs> like if it build up for what though like what what are we building up? It was almost like the Batman theme. For yeah. A second. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. A little bit of Danny Elfman because he did work with Danny Elfman. Yep. But later in his career, so maybe they're like, oh, there's something with these people that I can appreciate. Yeah, similar uh, tone. Yeah. I'm trying to put this in like time frames and movies that were released around this time. So, with the Chronicles of Riddick and like Triple X and like all those. I guess you could put yeah. or Blade Trinity. Like those <laughs> oh, all would yeah. be like very similar like music styles for what's in for the movies. But I don't I don't know. That's a kind of a stretch. But the definitely the soundtrack is way better than the movie. I agree. Any final thoughts? I think I mean that's I really enjoy the Predator franchise. I hope they continue. I've heard uh rumors that the, they're gonna do another prey. Yeah. But maybe set it in like ancient Japan or oh, like yeah. medieval times or something. Yeah, we're uh, we're diving into the whole Assassin's Creed yeah. like standpoint at this point, you know, like just pick a time frame and throw it. It would a, be very cool to see it, like fight there. knights or fight like uh samurais or yeah. like just like this other different ancient cultures. Yeah, we do see that samurai though in the 2010 version oh, yeah. where he's fighting that Asian guy, how fucking stereotypical. <laughs> right. And he just runs him through. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's awesome. He killed one of the predators by himself mm-hmm. just with the samurai sword. He died in the process, but you know, yeah, so be a whole interesting to see a whole movie with yeah. that tone. But I, I do want to see more praise. Yeah. I hope that continues or just some other predator prequel. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. They they seem to be more likely to run, you know, more predator movies than alien yeah. ones. And it's probably easier to do. It's set on Earth and all that, that rather than building a whole set and spaceship mm-hmm. and all this technology. Like you can just set it in a different place and on exactly. Earth. Yeah. But hopefully they continue both of these franchises for ever. All right. I declare this meeting of Spookin' with Sath closed. Until next time, drink up and pleasant dreams, everyone. <laughs> 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 Ha <laughs> ha